0: Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred, barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pits, O Lord, my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. There are perhaps uh, no greater extremes than the extremes of war and of peace. Uh, War is a a, a terrible and a, a terrifying thing Unfortunately, we, um, we see too much of it, don't we? We see on the, the, the TV screens and we read about it in our newspapers or hear about it on, a, on our radios on a, on a far too frequent basis, almost a, a daily basis. I imagine that there's been very few days over the, the last decade or more where there's not been something about a war uh, going on in our, in our news. We see that uh, war causes death and, and destruction, and we can continually thank the Lord, can't we, that we live in a time of, of peace in our nation. But we know that's not always been the way, has it? We've been involved in, in wars too. And the worst sort of war seems to be uh, civil wars. We see what's going on in, in Syria at a moment. And in um, the news this week, that we're just starting to understand the extent of the devastation and, and uh, as this, this um, poor country is, is torn apart. And so we think about war, and then the complete contrast and opposite of that is, is peace. Peace is a, is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's something that we all uh, desire. Uh, deep down, we all long for it, whether, whether it's peace in terms of the absence of war, or whether it's uh, being able to live at peace with people, um, having good relationships with our, our neighbours, uh, with uh, members of our families, with, with friends, to, to not have uh, hostility in, in relationships. It's something that we we all desire to be uh, to be at peace. However, it's most important to be at peace with with God. And as we look at our, our passage this morning, we see as a picture of of how peace with God is is not achieved, and how peace with God is achieved. So far in uh, the story of of Jonah, we've We've seen several things. We've seen it's a, it's a strange story, isn't it, in many ways. There's, there's lots of, of weirdnesses about it. But it's a very engaging story as well. And, and it teaches us much, much about God and much about uh, man. And we saw uh, 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 the first um, time we looked at this together, we saw the, the need to respond to God's commands and to respond in a, in a positive way. You know, that Jonah had been given a clear command and he and he disobeyed, and he rebelled, and he, and he ran away. And the second time, we looked at the, the consequences of, of sin, and we realized that sin does have consequences, but not only for us, uh, that it has consequences for others. And we saw that as as Jonah's disobedience brought uh, this terrible storm uh, upon himself and upon uh, the, uh, the sailors uh, that he had gone onto a ship with. And then last time, three weeks ago, uh, we looked at, uh, the need for a, a, a true or a good confession, uh, that the, the words of our, our lips are to be backed up by our actions. And we saw that, uh, that Jonah spoke about him worshipping the Lord, and yet we'd seen by his actions that he was doing everything but that, that he was running away from uh, clear commands. And so today we, we see something as the, the story develops, we see uh, this uh, this picture of of. Um, of the storm uh, being the the wrath of God. And then when the storm ceases, there's being uh, peace uh, with God. Uh, So as we look at it together, firstly, I want us to see from verses uh, 11 to 13 that we reject peace with God when we go our own way. We reject peace with God by going our own way. Uh, Verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. Uh, So they asked him, Jonah, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. So the sailors have established that Jonah is the reason uh, for this storm. And this storm just seems to be getting worse and worse. They were terrified at first. But as the passage has progressed, the storm has got uh, worse and worse. At first, they feared that the the ship would be broken up. Uh, But we're told uh, twice here in these verses that the the sea got rougher and rougher. And the sea grew even wilder uh, than before. The sailors had established it was Jonah's fault, but also that it was brought about by, by Jonah's God, the God of heaven who made the earth and the sea. He was the one that had caused... Uh, the great storm, and it frightened the sailors. And so the sailors now turn to Jonah uh, to find out what to do. They're basically saying to him, look, you got us into this mess. You need to get us out. We need to know what we've got to do uh, to appease your God. And of course, time is is short. As the storm rages uh, more and more, they, they need to deal with this quickly. But notice the question that they ask him, that it's In verse 11, it's not what should we do to make the sea calm for us, but it's what should we do to you, Jonah, to make the sea calm and calm down for us. They assume that something needs to be done to Jonah, that there's a necessary punishment for Jonah's sin, for his rebellion, that has obviously brought upon this terrible storm and that and that only can be done to Jonah to to sort this out. And so we then see what Jonah uh, suggests is the the solution. And it's helpful to remember that Jonah is the Lord's prophet as we look at this. What will appease his God? What will turn his wrath away? Well, the answer is quite a, a shock, isn't it? Perhaps if we're familiar with this story, it's not a shock, but. If we just pause and think about it for a moment, it's a a massive shock, isn't it? What does Jonah say? Verse 12, he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. That's an astonishing uh, thing to say, isn't it? That hurling the rebellious prophet overboard is the answer to their problems. I imagine that that wasn't uh, something that they had come up with themselves, uh, that that would be the last thing that we would think. But Jonah continues by admitting, uh, perhaps for the first time, I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Jonah recognises the the impact of his sin on the the sailors. And he offers his life to save the sailors. What a a noble thing to do. He says, throw me overboard and you'll all be saved. But it seems like a, a noble act at first, but then as we think about it and we've seen this descent of rebellion and sin that Jonah has been going through, we, we see that rather than it being a noble act, that Jonah is at a, a, a new low ebb, that he now recognises that what is happening is because of him. And yet rather than repent and humble himself before the Lord, he suggests that the, the way to deal with it is to be thrown overboard. His sin has sent him further and further away from the Lord. And so he essentially says, I'd rather be thrown into the sea and die than to admit my sin before the Lord, to humble myself and repent. I'd rather die. I'd rather die in a watery grave. Jonah essentially chooses the death penalty over repentance. Those are his his two options. Jonah is choosing his own way. And because of that, he he continues uh, under God's wrath, under God's God's, uh, um, chastising fatherly hand. He rejects uh, God's goodness and the forgiveness that's available to him. Jonah goes his own way. And so how do the sailors respond to this extreme situation? They're in... They're the worst storm of their lives, and they've now been given their solution. So, of course, what they do is they pick Jonah up and they get him off the the boat as quickly as they can. But no, they don't do that, do they? Verse 13, instead, rather than doing what Jonah said, instead, the men did their best to row back to land. It sounds like an exercise in futility, doesn't it? You've got this raging storm that's going to break the boat up and they try to row back to, to land. Now, it's not in little rowing boats you know, that we might have on our you know, on ocean liners or something like that, or, or just a, 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 like a little lifeboat. The, the boat that they're on has oars. They're able to row the boat, presumably uh, for times when there's no, no wind so they can still get around. But the sailors don't want to accept this drastic solution. They don't want to accept that somebody needs to die to sort out uh, the, the circumstance that they find themselves in. That even though they know that Jonah has brought this calamity upon them, they show him, they show him a, a measure of compassion, don't they? they? They value his life, and in fact, they're the ones that act nobly by saying, well, look, that, we don't want to do that. We don't want to go down that line. And so they try their best to row back to land. The one who has showed no compassion towards the sailors, Jonah, is now the subject of the sailors' compassion. Again, there's, a, there's an irony here in the, in the passage. You know, the roles are the wrong way round. The Lord's prophet should be the one that's showing uh, compassion, but instead it's the pagan sailors. But regardless of their efforts, uh, the Lord thwarts uh, their actions—they're they're not able to to do what they uh, they want, and in indeed the the sea uh, rages uh, all the more. And of course we we know that it's the Lord, isn't it, that is uh, not only controlling uh, the storm, but he's disciplining Jonah, and and Jonah seems to have had no change of heart. There's no uh, change in in his way. There's no he's no closer to repenting, to recognizing that it was wrong what he did, that he's in active rebellion. But the implication of, of this, the implication of, of, of God thwarting the sailors' efforts is that God actually wants Jonah to be thrown off the boat into the sea. That's the kind of uncomfortable implication, isn't it, uh, that we uh, have to, to conclude. That God is the one that's thwarted their efforts. And so the sailor's only option then is to, is to throw Jonah into the sea. See, Jonah knows, doesn't he, as, a, as an Israelite, as a Hebrew, that, that sin leads to death. And he's accepting this, essentially, isn't it? He? He's, he's accepting that he sinned, and he's accepting that it leads to death, and he, and he even suggests this. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ also knew this. He knew that sin leads to death, uh, but he was so different uh, that he lived a, sinful, a sinless life, rather. That he gave up his life for, for good reasons, didn't he? He gave up his life for others to bear their sins uh, so that they could be saved. That he died in their place to reconcile them to God, to, to bring uh, peace with God. That Jesus was tempted by the devil to achieve this in another way. To avoid going the way of the cross. He knew that that was God's will and that God's will included him going uh, to the cross. Jonah wants to die not for for good reasons, but Jesus came to die for his people, to save uh, people. And so rejecting God's way of peace is, is incredibly foolish, isn't it? What the the, um, the sailors did was that they, they wanted to go their own way as well. Jonah wanted to go his own way, and the sailors wanted to go their own way. But they rejected uh, what Jonah said was the way to sort out the, the circumstances. They thought that they knew better, and it didn't work. And it's the same for us. If we try to make peace with God through our own efforts, through going our own way, it won't work. If we try to live a life, good enough to earn God's favour, it won't work. It goes against what God has revealed in the Bible. It's not the path to take, but it's the path, sadly, that many uh, people take, that we reject God's uh, peace uh, by going our own way. And that works not only in terms of of salvation, but but it works in terms of of our lives as Christians. We've seen that in, in Philippians as we've looked at that, that when we decide not to obey, uh, that we lose that sense of God's peace. We've seen that in, in uh, Philippians chapter 4. So it's relevant not only to, to those that are unbelievers that need to turn uh, to God to stop trying to, to, to please him with their own efforts, but it's also relevant for Christians too. The, 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 the way of peace is, is always God's way. And it's through obedience to his word. So we reject peace with God by going our own way. But secondly, we need to cry out to mercy, uh, to cry out to God for mercy. Verse 14. Then they cried out, then the sailors cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. So the sailors have, have given up on their efforts to um, to row to, uh, to safety perhaps they, they think that if they, they do manage to row to safety that then Jonah will go and do what was pleasing to the Lord and that will sort everything out but it's surprising what the sailors now uh, resort to that they've tried their own efforts and it didn't work and you expect that again they're just going to throw Jonah into the, the sea but they, they still don't do that but rather than do that, that they, they cry out to God, they pray to, to God. Before, they had prayed to their own gods, and it had been useless. Those gods don't exist. It had done nothing. You know, the, the, uh, the storm had continued uh, raging. But this time, they don't cry out to their own gods. They cry out to the Lord. And they don't even cry out to, to Jonah's God in one sense. They cry out to the Lord, to, to the covenant God of Israel. They use that special uh, name that God has given to his people, the Lord. They cry out to him. They've obviously believed what Jonah has said, that the Lord is the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. He's the, he's the, the God of all. He's the only God. And so you, they use the special covenant name of the Lord. They recognize that, it, that their lives are in the Lord's hands and they cry out to him. But notice what they, they cry out to him for. They say, do not let us die for taking this man's life. They want the Lord to be to be merciful to them because of the actions that they're about to take. Now, I want you to just imagine the, the situation. Imagine uh, that you're in a, a terrible uh, circumstance, you know, that things have gone really badly wrong. And that you're with uh, um, with a non-Christian at the time, and that as you uh, as you don't do anything about it, it doesn't necessarily uh, that it's come about because of your own sin, but that s- suddenly your non-Christian friend cries out to uh, to God in the name of Christ. Uh, what a, a humbling circumstance that would be for us! What an embarrassing uh, circumstance that would be for us that we didn't think to uh, to pray. We can be very quick to be self-sufficient, can't we? And, uh, and slow to, to pray. But these pagans cry out to the Lord. And as they do that, uh, in the words that they say, they recognize at least four things about, about the Lord. Things that they've no doubt learnt uh, whilst they've gone through this terrible uh, ordeal on the boat. They recognize, firstly, that the Lord uh, judges human actions and, uh, and, and, and that he deals with them in, in our lives. Uh, by um, by dealing with our wrongdoings by being um, by by retribution, and so therefore he can be appealed to on the basis of him being a just judge. The the consequences of our our sin come often up in in life. We also know that God is is merciful, don't we? So we can cry out to him and ask him not to treat us as our our sins deserve. But they they cry out uh, in this way. They also recognise that killing is wrong. That killing a man is wrong. They ask to be not held account for for killing an innocent man for killing Jonah. They they don't know quite what he is uh, what he's done, and they refer to Jonah as an innocent man. But they say, "Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man." That they recognise that there is there is some kind of ethical code that this God uh, works to. That this God has revealed and. And given that we're made in the image of God, that the Lord puts uh, the law upon our hearts, it should be no surprise to us. And so they recognize as an ethical code and that there are consequences to breaking it. They also recognize the consequences of taking a life is to have their lives taken. They say, do not let us die for taking this man's life. They recognize something of the Old Testament uh, law an eye for an eye, a tooth uh, for a tooth, and, and so on. So they recognise the consequences of of, of of murder. And they also see that God is able to do what he wants. And they plead based on, on God's sovereign power. At the end of this uh, verse, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. They're saying that you've brought about these circumstances, you've done what you wanted to do, and that we're now acting in accordance with the circumstances. So don't uh, hold it against us. They're crying out to uh, to God's mercy. The sailors have accepted that the, the Lord is in control of the circumstances, so he's the one that they, they cry out to. And we're to recognise that, aren't we, in our own lives, that the Lord is, is in control of all our circumstances, that he, he teaches us and trains us uh, through the things that he allows to come into our lives. Indeed, the these sailors beg the Lord, so they plead with him uh, to show them mercy. And so having done this, having sought the Lord, they, they pray based on the, uh, the basis, they, they, um, they then act on the basis that the Lord has heard their prayer and that he will uh, do as they have requested. And we see this again in, in life, don't we, that in, in difficult circumstances, often people will cry out to God, and that they'll cry out to God, and that God is gracious, and he often answers those prayers. But the test of, of, of what the, the desire was in our hearts when we cried out is if, if whether we subsequently follow him, whether we go on to continue uh, to follow him. That often people cry out because they're in a, a terrible circumstance, and they want to be alleviated from that circumstance but then they, they show no interest. Perhaps they even say, "Oh well, you know, it was just it was just a, a happening. It happened by chance." Yet the sailors recognise much more than that. They they're acting in 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 a right type of fear, aren't they? They fear the Lord, and so they seek His mercy. They realise that they've got to answer for their actions, and that the Lord has control over the situation. So what do we learn from how these pagans seek the Lord? Well, we we learn that we're to to know what the Lord is like, and we're to seek Him on on that basis, on how He has revealed Himself to be. We're to also realize the seriousness of our sin, and that as we come, that we they don't come, do they? Saying, "Oh, but we've been really good sailors. We look how well we've treated Jonah." They just cry out to to God based on His mercy. They don't come. Uh, commending themselves, but they they cry out for mercy. And we must see that we're only able to do this because of of what Jesus has done. That's the only basis that we can call upon God for mercy. As the Apostle Peter said, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. That's Acts 4, verse 12. In fact, the Lord Jesus tells us to come to him, doesn't he? And to ask uh, for that mercy and that grace to be saved. That we need to have, to be made, uh, to be reconciled to God, to have peace with God. And that he only comes through seeking him uh, for mercy. So we need to cry out to God uh, for mercy. And then finally, only Jesus can bring us peace with God. Verse 15, then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. The sailors finally, reluctantly uh, throw Jonah into the sea and the storm stops. It ceases. Mission is accomplished. That's what they had desperately wanted, hadn't they? The storm is stilled as Jonah uh, goes into the sea. The reason for the storm has now been dealt with as Jonah sinks down into uh, the water. Jonah's uh, running away from the Lord has now stopped, and the effects of it on these pagan sailors uh, ceases too. And of course, this is strangely an answer to uh, their prayer, isn't it? Uh, That uh, the Lord would would be gracious to them, would show them mercy. We're told in Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, who call upon him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. We can sometimes think that, that God won't listen to our prayers because we're Christians. But I guess the first, the first time we cry out to him, we've, we've not been living as Christians, have we? We, we cry out to him for salvation. And, and when we do so in truth, knowing that we, we can't uh, reconcile ourselves to God ourselves, uh, that he hears us. And that's a wonderful encouragement, isn't it? But in a strange way in this story, the sailors have only come into contact with with Jonah's God, with uh, the God of, of heaven, because of Jonah's disobedience. And so we see uh, something of God's incredible uh, grace uh, to these sailors. And, and I think it leaves us with a, an interesting question, that if if such good had come out of Jonah's disobedience, what will come out of, of Jonah's obedience? If Jonah had obeyed and had gone to Nineveh, what, what might have happened? Such good came out of, of Jonah's disobedience. And again, it tells us something about uh, the Lord, doesn't it, and his goodness. We've seen in the story of Joseph the the same thing, haven't we? That the Uh, The harm that was intended upon Joseph by his brothers, uh, God intended uh, for good, to accomplish uh, the saving of many lives, as Genesis 50 verse 20 uh, tells us. That doesn't encourage us to disobey. But even when we do, uh, the Lord can bring uh, good things uh, out of it. So why did the storm stop? Why did the storm stop when Jonah was thrown into uh, the sea? Was it just because Jonah was thrown into the sea? Was it the, his body hitting the water that stopped the, the storm? Or was it something else? Was it some kind of ne- mechanism that as long as this happened to Jonah, then this would would happen? I think it's, it, it's, it has to be something not only to do with the Lord's command, but also to do with uh, the faith of the sailors, that they trusted uh, that what the Lord had said through his prophets uh, would happen. We're told that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, uh, that God will not despise those things. That they are they're broken men, they're desperate men, and they've cried out to God, knowing that he is, he is good and that uh, he is kind, that he's given them a, a way forward, and yet they still wanted to do what was right uh, in that situation. Uh, the, storm, the storm ceased. Partly because of, of Jonah going into the water, but I think also because of the faith of these uh, sailors to to do what uh, God had commanded them to do. How, so how did the sailors then respond to this miracle of the sea going completely calm? Well they fear again, don't they they fear the Lord at this time at this time, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. The sailors greatly fear the Lord now. They're, they were terrified before, but almost now they're, they're, they've got a new type of fear. There's much in this, uh, this passage that reminds us of, of uh, the Lord Jesus taking the disciples onto the lake and the storm uh, coming up there and him still in the storm by, by speaking. And if you remember in that story, the disciples' response is to greatly fear. They were terrified because of the storm. Again, they were, many of them were hardened sailors. But when Jesus stilled the storm, they were, they were fearful of, of him, just as the sailors here were fearful of God. They said, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They responded in, in, in a righteous fear, an acknowledgement of the amazing power of the Lord to just stop that ferocious uh, storm. And so then they respond by acknowledging who the Lord is and they they offer a sacrifice to the Lord and they make vows to him. I mentioned before, didn't I, that often people call out to God and then they go on as if nothing had happened. But this isn't how these sailors respond. They see God's mercy shown to them. They see the, the storm rage and then stop. They see the the wrath of God turned away and God's peace uh, come. And they respond, don't they, in faith. They offer sacrifices to the Lord. They make vows uh, to the Lord. It might seem uh, improbable that they would offer uh, an animal sacrifice on a boat. You might think it would be the height of, of madness. But I don't think it is improbable. And they would often have animals on, on board anyway if they were doing a long journey so they could eat fresh meat. And they would be needing to cook, wouldn't they? So they would be um, well used to uh, to making a fire on board. And so they'd be able to contain a fire for a, a sacrifice. But so they, ma- they made this sacrifice to the Lord and they also made vows. They, they made promises uh, to God's. And again, sometimes people say things like that, don't they? There's a story I don't know whether it's true or not about an Australian man who was in a similar situation, and he was really terrified for his life. And he cried out and he said that if if uh, if God would save him from this situation, he would share the gospel with ten people every day for the rest of his life. He made a he made a vow uh, to to God. And these men also make vows. We don't know what they are. They don't. Uh, we're not told in the passage what they are, but we can make a pretty good assumption, can't we, that they want to serve him now. That they've been, they've been changed by their encounter with uh, the true and living God. And they want to serve him. And again, there's this deep irony, isn't there, for her? That it's the wrong way round. It should be Jonah, shouldn't it? Jonah should be the one that's delighting to serve the Lord. And yet it's the, it's the pagan sailors that, uh, that want to serve him. Now, this is the last that we hear of the sailors. And again, there's an irony there, isn't there? The sailors are safe on the boat now. The storm's gone. Jonah's gone down into the sea. And yet, we don't hear any more about the sailors and the the focus uh, comes on to to Jonah. We can assume that the, the sailors continued their voyage and then when they arrived in Tarshish or perhaps anywhere else, you imagine that they would have told everybody about what had happened, these incredible events, and that the word of the Lord... And the word of his power would have would have spread, so what does this uh, this teach us? as I mentioned that Jesus demonstrated uh, that when he stilled the storm that he had he had power over nature, and the the disciples were terrified and, of, of, of who he was, but I think also that it uh, that it's a, a sign of showing uh, that Jesus was able to bring peace with God that the israelites weren't a, a seafaring nation, and everything to do with the sea was. Was uh, troublesome for them, and so the the stilling of the the storm and the um, in, in both these two stories is uh, is a, a demonstration of peace with God. That the the storm was was uh, was a picture of God's wrath. But we also see that uh, not only that is Jesus the one that can bring us peace, but it comes at the cost of a life. As as Jonah gets thrown into the um, into the sea, the assumption is that he that he dies, isn't he? And, and that that death takes away the uh, the wrath, that it appeases the wrath. And of course, that's what happened in the Lord Jesus Christ. That although we had sinned and although we deserved to die for our sins, that Jesus came and that he took upon himself our sin and the wrath of God, that he put himself in our place uh, so that we could have uh, peace with God. It's a, an incredible thing, isn't it? And when we think about it in these terms of this, this graphic um, storm and that storm ceasing, it's a, it's a picture of, of coming from being a non Christian to coming to faith in Christ. I'll finish by uh, reading a couple of verses from uh, Colossians. And this is speaking about um, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I pray that each of us might know that peace with God uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.